live. What's your perspective live here? And I'm excited again, go to lensec.com slash live to catch up to all the episodes and uh, great topics in physical security. And today, again, another roundtable discussion. Uh, this one is going to be very interesting, but I first want to welcome my co-host because we have guests, but I want to welcome my co-host, Keith Harris. And Keith, I know you have good news to tell our audience, especially during the holiday season. Oh, well, I... I wasn't going to I wasn't going to bother the the studio audience or the uh, online audience with that. I was really just kidding. But I did have my first grandchild um, uh, came home yesterday. So I got to meet him for the first time. His name is Huck, H-U-K, Huck. So we're excited to have uh, Huck in the family. So maybe he'll get to make a, a debut on what's your perspective one of these days when I'm babysitting. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I've been there, done that. I've done an interview with my kids in my lap, telling them to be quiet when they're babies. And uh, it was interesting. So I've been there and done that. So congratulations. And that's again, this holiday time, uh, everyone decorating and everything. Thanks again for catching up with us, especially at this time of year. Can't believe almost 2020 is gone and say goodbye to it, which has been the craziest year of my lifetime. And no, I I'd say, I'd say that having a grandchild is uh, probably the best thing that's happened in my life in 2020. Okay. <laughs> All right. My two guests, Mike Deeks, Regional Sales Manager in the South Central Region. Mike, thanks for stopping by again. What's your perspective? Thanks for the invite. And Director of Sales for the for North America, Michael Trask. Michael, thanks for again stopping by. We've not seen you in a while, but we really wanted to get your feedback this week. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Neil. Now, the topic today is going to involve the end user environment to look at different vertical markets, education, healthcare, oil and gas, uh, commercial and how, what's your perspective is able to help those industries. We talked a lot in education, we talked a lot about healthcare, but we wanted to get this roundtable discussion. I think this was something I was bringing up uh, at the end of our roundtable discussion last time where we covered almost everything about our different regional sales managers and what they're seeing in 2020, especially when it comes to video management software and how video surveillance industry is going. So let's kind of talk first of all about uh, an area that's interesting and, and that's the commercial market. So I wanted to go first of all to Michael and talk about commercial and how what's your perspective, how uh, um, again Perspective EMS is utilized in that mar vertical market. I uh, appreciate it Neil. Well as you know uh, people who are, are familiar or aren't familiar you know with the video management software uh, people typically think of just, you know, managing videos and doing certain of uh, being able to go back and retrieve video, uh, for instance, and other things. But uh, some of the things that really uh, stand out when you talk about commercial environments, um, a couple examples. Uh, one is, uh, you know, proactive automated workflows, right? That's something that you know, you know, if this, then that workflow technology. There's been certain topics throughout our uh, year. Uh, this year of doing uh, different episodes of what's your perspective where we talk about workflows, but that, that becomes a, a, a nice, um, you know, a big piece of the equation when you talk about commercial. So what is uh, proactive automated workflows? Well, you know, in um, some things may be, hey, someone puts a, does a badge, simple thing of putting their uh, card reader or their badge at a card reader to access through a door. Well, pop up a separate window almost like a picture-in-picture picture within perspective EMS so you're, you've got automatic view of that 
camera of that person coming through that door. Maybe it's an example of a, you know, you have an automated license plate recognition software and somebody, um, you know, their car pulls up and it reads that license plate and they can be on the approved or the disapproved list. So then it opens that gate, right? And that gate, so it, it could, that workflow could open that gate. It could also pop up that window. So that window's on your screen so you can see, all right, yeah, I see that that car coming through the gate, they're approved. Or maybe, maybe you only want the pop-up window to come up if uh, someone pulls up and they're on the not approved list and the gate's not gonna open. Well, you now wanna be able to have that information presented to you in a quick, efficient manner without you having to go hit a bunch of buttons and, and do a bunch of things. So the automated workflow uh, becomes um, a key, you know, times and safety factor when it comes to commercial. And in that example, the uh, the integrator, or not the integrator, but the end user who's you know watching that video, in that example of pulling up to the license plate, if they're on the non-approved list, that video, that workflow is gonna automatically pull that and present that video or that live view directly to them without somebody having to go wow. and click on any buttons. So it's taking, um, maybe some standardized um, operating procedures that corporations have. You know, if this happens, what do, you, what do we need to do, especially in a security environment? Now we're taking, uh, using the uh, automated workflows and being able to automate those and so that it saves time and they can, they can focus on making sure that the, uh, the safety portion of their job is, and it's helping their coworkers or visitors to their establishment is being addressed. Because it 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 say the you know seconds matter when it comes to security, um, you know one other area too is within property management. Um, I know Keith, if you wanted to mention uh, you know with some property management and some of the automated workflows as well that we've had with some other guests on the show previously. Yeah, we've had some good conversations with folks who are using perspective VMS for property management, and one of the reasons one of the ways that we see them using workflows is to improve their reaction and their response uh, to uh, activity as it occurs. And um, that's where automated workflows becomes proactive. Um, you know, in, in the past, I would say that many people have, have accused video surveillance of being a reactive type of scenario. But when you consider um, some of the new tools, some of the new things that we're putting into video management software to enhance the security, the unified security platform, workflows is one of those key things. And it, it provides an automated uh, action that can occur based on the environment where it's placed. So um, for example, property management is using this to receive uh, real-time alerts of activity that's occurring in key areas so that uh, uh, people that are monitoring um, the video management software can uh, react quickly and proactively stop a crime while it's still happening. Um, one of our partners uh, told us this story recently of, of uh, being able to use dispatchers that are monitoring uh, security cameras to be able to quickly have an on patrol uh, security guard respond and catch people in the act of, of theft, um, as opposed to responding to it days after the fact. So it's it's great to use a, a proactive example and really uh, be able to um, up your game in terms of monitoring your security environment. 
Yeah, and, and Keith, some of those things with property management too, maybe an example, you know, uh, a customer of ours talked about, hey, they it's a it's property management location, there's a shared pool, right? There's rules that no one's allowed in the pool after certain hours. So they've got triggers that if some if motion's detected in these areas after these times. Or it pulls that picture up on their screen and it plays a recorded message that they're in an area, restricted area, you know, please disperse or uh, authorities have been notified and uh, they will be, you know, and in this case, the authorities were their, um, their patrolling officers that control, you know, are uh, going around those grounds. But uh, all of that happens automatically and proactively based on some of these things. So they're not they're not investigating something after the fact because somebody was in the pool area where there's when they're not supposed to be, and then some incident happens because of that. Right, and that's so that's so true. And the other thing you think about is when properties are being damaged, uh, you can utilize a workflow to make sure that you can go back. That fast find would be a fantastic feature to utilize in that type of a situation where you know where this vandalism occurred. Who did it? Well, I could go back through you know 24 hours worth of video but no you just go draw a box find that spot where that vandalism occurred and you could just it'll come back and find that person that did that so a lot of great features for sure with uh, property management so yeah and then to your to your point coupling that with that fast find feature within um perspective emits is a great feature you know you in this example you find the vandalism maybe because you it was some area that it wasn't proactively found but draw that box around that, go back and quickly search through that video to find all the information. But then once you do find those information, the review process from that point moving forward is very quick because you start watching that video and we have the neighboring camera feature, which now you can hit that neighboring camera feature. And if somebody, you now um, kind of hone in on the suspect uh, who potentially has has committed that that crime. And by then using the neighboring cameras, you're able to kind of put together a whole storyboard basically look all right here's the perpetrator at this point committing the crime and then using the neighboring camera feature say all right and then they went here and then I, they went here then they I, got into this car and then this car went this way and then so you can put together a whole story quickly uh instead of just after the fact saying okay uh we've got graffiti on the side of the building or this building was broken into or this bicycle was stolen now you have a lot more information quickly that you can get turned over to the appropriate authorities to hopefully stop it in, in a lot of cases with this customer that Keith was referring to stopping them in the act of doing it but also if you aren't able to to capture them in the act the, tool, the other tools there to additionally assist to quickly go through an investigation right and also, and also Michael you've got the ability also to tie into other analytics that are based that we can integrate you know, into perspective, i.e. license plate recognition where something has happened and you're following that person with the neighboring camera feature and then you see them go out the rear door, that camera could pick them up, they then get into another vehicle. Then potentially you've got the ability to you know, capture that license plate. So it's a, it's a flow and it is that, it's that story of watching someone going from A to B and are they going from A to B or are they going A to C to B? So it plays, I think, in most of the markets that we're looking at. Each of the markets has the same need for a workflow, but it's a different workflow based on that specific need. 
you know, mm -hmm. we're seeing certainly in my regions a different play now for churches. You know, churches have you know, the open door policy where the doors aren't locked, but most of the time you don't have anyone actually in the building. So wow. between workflows and other functionality that we've got built into perspective, you don't need to have someone on site. You can actually be proactive on seeing and capturing various incidents taking place. And to, Keith, and to Keith's point is we can be ahead of the game where we can actually react to what we're seeing as opposed to viewing it several days later of we had something stolen. We can actually get notified as the event is taking place. You know, and certainly around churches, which is something I would have never, ever considered, you know, years back. But now there's definite needs, different needs because of what's going on in the church marketplace. A lot of churches now have daycares. I, you know, you've got that side of the uh, the business now kicking in where you've got to restrict mm -hmm. access to view children during maybe certain times during the day. You can only view cameras for one area within that uh, daycare, daycare center at the church where you're only able to do it for so many hours and then that role rotates to someone else. So that whole market to, for the, you know, the religious sector is definitely changing and an area that I had never really thought about prior. And again, rolls into the, almost the commercial side as well. With the property, you've got the parking lots coverage as well, but also with the access control integration, because of the open door now, they're actually adding lockable doors. Yeah, and the, and as every most people who probably have been following us and uh, you know our software being written completely in HTML5, you know you can you can be especially in a COVID environment where you have a limited amount of people on premises, a lot of people working remotely, and to that point, you can. A lot of these pieces will play into the fact where, hey, get an automated notification. I can control this from anywhere. You don't need to have a client, thick client installed. You know, our, our application uses something that already exists on everyone's tablets, cell phones, computers, uh, notebooks, whatever they are. It's it's the internet browser, you know, and it you know you can connect to it to the system, and you'll be able to unlock those doors remotely or be notified if someone comes into the building. You know, that camera, once again, to what I started the conversation with at the top, you know, then those cameras can automatically be pulled right up in front of you without you having to do anything. So instead of looking at a someone maybe working remotely and being in charge of security and looking at 20, 30, 40 cameras or rotating through them. Yeah, that's great to rotate through them. But the minute something happens that you have set up one of these workflows, it automatically brings it to the forefront. And now you have eyes, eyeballs immediately on what you need to see instead of just looking or cycling through a bunch of cameras. Mm -hmm. Very true. And, and again, when you talk, think about churches, the, the, the grounds are pretty large. And to cover uh, with maybe only a few security people being able to cover the entire grounds and be able to check things, unlike a school environment where you might have more of a bigger security team sometimes churches don't so they need to rely on technology like our software to integrate everything so that they can see what's happening throughout a big campus because some of these big mega churches do not have a huge security team mike do they no they don't they may have one or two people but then you've mentioned the, you know, the term campus a lot of these churches have five six seven ten locations so you're talking multiple campuses and most of them all have the same need, which is coverage because they don't have people on, you know, on site. So 
again, role, plays right into the, you know, what players' perspective, what we can offer. And, you know, Michael mentioned the uh, the mobile side of things is where, you know, we've all got the smartphone. We've always got that, you know, for the most part, always handy. Whether you take a, a snapshot of an incident, you, rec- you know, you can actually record it yourself and then import it. But you've also got the ability to pull up and, and view it live through perspective. So, um Different times, very much different times. And uh, one of the biggest changes has been the church, yeah. uh, religious side of things that I would have really never considered it as a need. But right now, it's key. Well, sure. there's a, a big uh, um, concept that happens in security uh, that can apply to many of these different um, industry scenarios, whether it's churches or university campuses, school campuses, um, businesses. It's the layers of security. You have the concentric uh, rings of, of security where you have a, a key area that's usually the facility that's very secure. Then you have a patrol area and then you have an observed area and then an un- unobserved area. So as you grow, when you start thinking about a parking lot, especially at a church, you're talking about an observed area that you might have people monitoring visually. They might be monitoring via, um, um, you know, a video management software for for live uh, video streaming and monitoring. But you know, in most churches, uh, those areas are going to be kept. You're going to keep an eye on those by um, maybe parking attendants at a big church or um, just volunteers that are helping out here and there. But um, you know, parking lots and keeping an eye on those layers of security is one of those outer rings where you really want, that's where you can stop things at the perimeter rather than waiting for the problem to present itself inside the secure area or inside the facility. So um, having cameras around that watch the parking lot, especially in the example of a church situation, you know, Sunday mornings when you have um, uh, church going on is a prime time for um, burglars to come uh, try people's doors in the parking lot and see what they can steal out of the car. You know, they're usually not stealing um, uh, much, but they, they they use that as an opportunity to rifle through people's cars and see what they can take. So keeping an eye on parking lots is key, whether you're at a church or at a university campus or, um, you know, any type of campus. So that's one of those, uh, those key things to keep in mind as well. It's the group gatherings and, you know, going back again to the church area where now they've got the daycares, we're getting a lot more interest in face mask detection, where there's certain areas which are key to make sure that when you do walk in, you have a face mask on. So, again, another play, you know, for perspective, be notified of, you know, someone is walking into a facility or an area in the facility mm-hmm. that's deemed face mask, you know, required. So, um but yeah, I agree totally with what Keith is saying. A lot of what we're talking about can play in many, many segments. Uh, segment may have the need for 75% of what's done in another area, but the basic areas are pretty much the same. Yeah, wow. and you bring up a good point with the face mask detection and how that can also tie into the, you know, the proactive, being proactive. You know, someone comes into your building and the, the face mask detection analytic shows that they're not where their face is not covered it immediately can then you know using those automated workflows pull once again pull that camera up and maybe surrounding cameras up as a quad or a two view or whatever it may be up on your screen so you see it you can uh, also uh, then 
get in touch with anyone nearby that can immediately address that that guest or that employee to your business or your uh, your establishment to let them know, hey, we need to do that. That's being proactive and helping. You know, look, we don't want those people if they happen to be, you know, someone who is carrying the virus and they just don't know because they're not exhibiting symptoms. You don't want people walking through your business and your and or your retail environment or whatever it may be and potentially spreading that. You know, we're trying to get things doing everything we can to try to, you know, get this um, pandemic under control. But if you can be alerted to that right away and get somebody to address that person, to have them put their mask on right away, uh, it plays into that automated and that proactive approach to things instead of now having to, after the fact, maybe go back and do contact tracing and see where did this person go through your facility and who are the people they may have came in contact with. You want to try to stop it as one of those outer layers, right? As Keith was mentioning, one of the, before it gets in and it becomes more of a problem, you want to try to stop it on the out, on the onset, on the very outer rings. Exactly. Yeah, Michael, you can play from that point, the neighboring camera aspect where Michael, if you're walking into a facility without a mask, you get that trigger, but then where does Michael go? Yep. Okay, so we need to find out exactly where did he go from that room? Okay, he went down the hallway, he went through into another room. So that all plays into it again. You can follow them the whole way through through neighboring cameras. So that's a great point. Now, Neil, yeah, that that works. That works not just in uh, live view. Neighboring camera feature works as well in archives. So if you go back and you're looking at something because an incident's been brought to your attention, and now you're going back to start an investigation, you pull up and you find all right. Here's where this. Here's the time that they said it was, and you have that incident now pulled up on your camera. You hit neighboring cameras. It's going to pull up those neighboring cameras. At, at the exact same time in the archives. So right. you're going to be able to quickly, instead of having to, it's a real great time saver uh, during investigations. You don't have to say, all right, bring op open up the front entrance camera and go to this date and time, go to the break room camera, go to this date and time, go to that hallway camera. You know, you hit that neighboring camera and boom, they're all up and they're all at that date and time. Now, looking at another area in uh, of a user case scenario would be, Government. So, Michael, uh, kind of explain how government facilities are able to use prospective EMS. Well, in, in more so particular, uh, some a lot of customers we've been talking with, and some stuff we've been working on recently. It's more citywide surveillance type stuff. Um, you know, you think of you know once again, there's video cameras pretty much at any commercial property. You go out in any any city. There's there's government uh, that the, the city controls cameras. Um, so, you know, they've got cameras for public safety at, at parks and rec, you know, locations, public spaces. They've got them at uh, the police department. They got them at the fire department. They've they have them a, a bunch of other places. Some examples of, you know, end user customers we have, you know, they've got them in their libraries. They've got them, you know, their water fa treatment facility plants. They've got them. They've got them in all of these other areas that you may not be thinking of, but they all fall under that local municipality, that local government. So it's a all, it's not a, they're not one-off deployments anywhere. They're all uh, as part of a distributed network. And once again, being controlled by user permissions. So if I'm a certain level within the, uh, the organization, I may have a lot more rights to view a lot more cameras and do a lot more things than maybe Mike, for example, Mike may be, you know, the guy who manages the, you know, the water treatment plant. So 
realistically his permissions allow him just to see those cameras that are part of that whole distributed network just within uh, the water for treatment facility cameras. Uh, something else, you know, once again, touching back on automated and analytics and automated workflows, you know, gunshot detection, integrating with gunshot detection. Um, you know, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here on the news all the time. Oh, well, the police got an alert from such and such, you know, gunshot detection system. Well, that's great. So they know where it is and they go to that area of the city where that sensor picked it up. But just think how more powerful it would be if you have an analytic that integrates with that gunshot detection. And not only did they get the alert, but now at the command center, the videos of the cameras that are closest in proximity to where that sensor is located automatically all pull up on the command center video wall. So not only, you know, because yes, the police can immediately get there and hopefully you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of saving a life, right? There's a gunshot detected and maybe if someone's been shot, they can get there fast enough and maybe save their life. The other part of it is you wanna make sure that you bring to justice the person who did the crime. Right. And if, if you can immediately based on that analytic, pulling up notifying, hey, here's the analytic with the gunshot was detected right here. Well, these are the six cameras that are closest or eight cameras or however many that are closest in proximity to where that sensor is now, that's a lot faster than a police car potentially driving there. They right. might be in the region, but they might be five blocks away or half a mile away or whatever. Yeah. You can immediately pull up on your screen proactively those cameras and you have visual without once again having to do anything to touch your screen, boom, they can just pop up in front of you. And now you've got eyes on the cars, the people, everyone that's right there where that, um, that gunshot was detected. So you, you can immediately start to piece the puzzle together. And you might be able to say, hey, this camera is right attached to that sensor. That may, you know, and this car is driving away fast and then hit the either, you know, have the neighboring cameras or whatever. And you might be able to see, hey, this, this is, a, this is a, a, you know, a car of interest. It was seen driving away fast from the, you know, and it's, 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 it's doing it right now instead of the investigative work after the fact, going and grabbing video from all the neighboring people and all, you know, anyone who's willing to give you the cameras, you know, and that may take days and you're, you're days down the road and that perpetrator may be long gone, may, may not even be a, you know, a resident of your community. They may exactly. be pretty states away at that point. Yeah, Michael, one of the things that I see in regards to um, unifying the security footprint, especially in these citywide scenarios where you have um, cameras at multiple locations throughout maybe a, a, um, a municipality or a, or a region, is getting everybody on the same footprint. Everything's on the same piece of software. Everything's being managed through the video management software um, at multiple different site locations. There's a couple of ways that 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 helps. It makes things much easier for the users. They get trained once and no matter whether they're working at the fire department or working at the police department or working at the public works location or working at the city parks department, wherever they work, they're all using one video management software. That makes things so much easier because now if the police pull up um, 
um, a camera at the at the park in town, they might also have a camera nearby that's at the police station or at the fire department that's all working on the same system. Historically speaking, what we've seen in scenarios like this is diverse systems operating in a silo, so to speak. I hate to use that word, but it's a it's a good word for this type of uh, scenario. If you've got uh, location A and you've got location B and they can't talk to each other, then you're, you're at, um, you're at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Now, if you bring multiple uh, locations, multiple departments in all under one unified platform, then you have so much more power and it makes it so much easier for the users to be able to recognize that power and leverage that power to be able to do their job better. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> And to that point, too, Keith, as you mentioned, I just like to reiterate that that you know when you sometimes when people think you know maybe a misconception, oh well, I have a system and it's everywhere, and if I give Keith access and I give Mike access, well, they're going to see everything. And once again, that doesn't have to be the case. There, uh, the user permissions within Perspective EMS make it very easy to assign permissions, and those permissions are very granular. They can be as granular as you need them to be, uh, even if it's hey, I can view this camera live, but I can't see, I'm not allowed to view archive of that particular camera, but I can, I can, I can see archives of that you know, additional camera, you know, and you can, there, it can be very granular how you set it up. Um, so just because it's a citywide deployment and getting rid of those silos and you can, you can have a distributed network, but still kind of create some silos within there based on individual users of the system. So they're siloed off to what they can and cannot do and what they can see and what they can't see. Absolutely. Now, one area that we just saw a really informative video about face mask protection is healthcare. And we're all talking about healthcare all the time. Can you explain how Perspective EMS is able to help in that industry? Well, I would say um, the, uh, a key there that we've seen is, is how when you're uh, integrating your security footprint with many different tools, one of the things that you can do with access control is tie that in directly with your, your physical security video. And so um, a lot of days, a lot of times, whether you're talking about a hospital or whether you're talking about a doctor's office or a clinic, people just aren't showing up at these places without an appointment. They aren't showing up um, without a plan and the, uh, when you show up at a doctor's office these days, if you haven't been lately, here's how it goes. You show up and somebody meets you at the door and they take your temperature. And um, then at that point, they can uh, decide if you fit the bill, if you can gain access to the office. Well, imagine that now if you're using, um, uh, for example, access control to lock a front door to the office. Um, now somebody sitting at a desk inside the office can determine if you're wearing a mask or not, if they're using uh, um, the right kind of thermogenic cameras, then they would might be able to tell what your temperature is based on a reading that is determined from the camera to be able to know whether or not they can visually verify whether or not you're able to gain access or not. So there's a lot of ways you can do that. And I think the face mask detection analytic is a great one that uh, Mike mentioned earlier. Um, and the, uh, the access control integration is good, but you also have an occupancy rate video analytic that can be leveraged and put into play. How many people do you have waiting in your office? 
do you have enough seating for people to remain socially distant? Um, or do you need to keep people in an external lobby or, or uh, maybe waiting in their car to receive a text message when it's okay to come in for their appointment? There's a lot of different things that healthcare agencies can do to really um, uh, provide some good scenarios into how they're going to use a unified security footprint in order to better enable their patients to be safe when they come to the doctor's office. It's a great point when you make about that scenario. I made a mistake when I was going to a place not knowing I was not allowed in. There was a sign, but I was able to walk the, all the way into the facility at an urgent care. And if they would have had that feature, they probably could have been notified much earlier when I'm getting out of the parking lot, starting to walk in the door, that those doors could have been locked. Before so, you became a threat. <laughs> before I became a threat, exactly. And exposed everyone, which I didn't have, but meaning could have to the staff. So right. that's a, that is a very good point. And it happens all the time. And I think that healthcare has to look at security in a different way uh, post-COVID, even because you never know when another virus like this could happen again. So we have to become more uh, cognizant of that fact. And I think it could help with people that have the flu or some other sort of uh, thing that could really cause a lot of problems in that facility. So. Yeah, and you have also have a lot of regulations that are in place for healthcare. Um, I was uh, looking back at a conversation we had earlier this summer um, with one of our experts on healthcare and reminded of the fact that, that the HIPAA guidelines are there um, to provide a minimum standard for hospitals, clinics, and doctor's offices. They're not the, they're not the best practices. They're not even um, recommended uh, items. These are minimum standards that the federal government requires. There may be better, best, better practices to put in place than what you see in the minimum standards. So you have to look at that with a, with a, a uh, a concerned eye and um, a discerning eye, I guess is the right word to say, to be able to know, um, well, if I'm in a healthcare uh, office, what's the best, what is the best practice that I need to use in this scenario? That's great. And then and that's the thing. And so every one of the things we've talked about so far, every one of these uh, user scenarios we've been looking at really has been really interesting because again, all the different features of perspective VMS. And the thing that's really easy is you guys might say, wow, this is a lot of stuff. Well, guess what? Our software is so easy to use, you could just be able to understand it very quickly and utilize all the features that are in this VMS. And that's the truth because uh, people, some people could be technical, but you don't have to be so technical. It's really like driving or playing a video game, how we use our system. And then that's important because when a software becomes too difficult for people to understand, they don't utilize those features. And that's true, Michael. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some, you know, or, or they don't use it to its, um, its capabilities, right? They don't maximize, um, you know, we talk about the power perspective. There's lots of things that go in to make up the, the complete power and full power of perspective VMS. But if someone is not comfortable with using it or they don't, they don't know a lot of things, that's when they fall back to what Keith referred to earlier as reactionary, right? They just let the system, um, you know, sit there and record videos and that they, and they're not checking the health of anything. The system, is it working? Is it, are the cameras working or any of that stuff? And then some, some incident happens and they go back and say, all right, well, let me go back and check the video. Well, you know, 
when we develop and continue to develop prospective EMS, it's in a way with you know ease of use and you know things like delivering relevant information with speed and accuracy, right? Safety when it pertains to to safety, right? You want to be able to make sure that you're doing things in a timely manner because those seconds do make a difference when you're in security. So uh, ease of use, um, being able to know how to do all of these things and automating a lot of these things. So maybe you don't have to remember, you know, when an incident happens, you know, sometimes people might, they may have trained all their life for a particular incident, but then when that time comes and that incident actually does happen, you know, none of us on this call could, could you know, I, I, you probably would think, oh, wait, what am I supposed to do? There's that momentary freeze or that brain freeze, like, wait, you know, those, you know, 20 seconds later, you remember, yeah, I'm supposed to do A, B, C, D, and E. These are the procedures I'm supposed to do. Well, once again, you know, if, if it's easy to use, easy to use, and you also have some of those automatically already happening because of the proactive nature of, you know, using different features within the software, A, B, C, and D may already be done for you while you're kind of having that momentary, you know, brain fog type uh, response and you pick up and start doing EFG and whatever. And another thing that's great about our software is we really rely on other people's feedback of new features that need to come into our solution and ways that we can make it even a better solution. So we're constantly listening to our partners, but also end users, right, Michael? And coming up with ideas of ways to even make our software better. Yeah, that's correct. The voice of the customer, and, and as far as Lensex concerned, the voice of the customer, maybe an end user person actually that is using the system, also can be an integrator, right? The integrator, we sell through channel partners. It's the only way to buy our software in the United States is through our channel reselling you know, partners. So there are customers just as the, the end user that those partners are selling to our customers. So we constantly are looking for feedback from those end user customers doesn't matter what uh, what market they're in, whether it's in transportation or education or government or critical infrastructure, you know, all the ones we've talked about today as well. It doesn't matter where they fall on that spectrum uh, as far as end user. We want them to give us ideas because certain things may be important in a particular area of business that may be not as important to another. And if we don't have if we're not addressing that currently in our software today, then we want to hear from those end users to, that would tell us this is something that is that we do on a regular basis in this industry or in this type of marketplace. Is there a way that you can make this easier for us? But we right. want to hear that, and we're going to implement as best as we can those those suggestions. And same thing from our, our integration partners. Um, our uh, channel resell partners, if they come to us with ideas, whether it's ways to make the installation a little bit easier or it's ways to make the end user experience a little bit uh, better because of their interaction with our customers. So the voice of the customer is very important to us. That's something that as a, as a smaller company um, with a global reach, we can do. We're agile. We can make swift adjustments and add new features into our software that are helpful for the end users. We've done it a lot, do it all the time and try to try to incorporate good ideas um, into our software regularly. Uh, on average, we come out with uh, two or three 
uh, releases of our, our new uh, versions of the software a year. So one of the things that we're doing there is we're bringing in new ideas and bringing in um, feedback that we've heard from our users and our partners to make the software better. Um, you know, I think uh, we're approaching somewhere close to 700 features uh, overall in our software over the years. And it's an open architecture software that comes out with new releases all the time. And I would say a good majority of the, of the features that we've incorporated into the software have come from people who use the software and provide us regular feedback. The new release is coming soon, right? And we're gonna have an announcement also, an interview to discuss the new features in December, so. Yeah, we uh, actually, uh, Neil, the uh, latest version of Perspective EMS 4.3 is releasing tomorrow. Uh, with the holidays and timing of that release, uh, I know that we have uh, Jeff Kellick, our chief product officer, scheduled to, uh, to join you to discuss all of the new features and uh, items of note related to the 4.3 release. Uh, and instead of doing that next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, you know, we want to make sure everyone has time to spend time with their family and, and relax during the holidays. So we're going to schedule that for the uh, two weeks from today, uh, where Jeff will, will uh, be available to join and, and, and discuss all the new items in that release and how they pertain to uh, our, our customers. Awesome. So excited. But in the meantime, that is available uh, as of tomorrow. You'll be able to go onto the Lensec website. Uh, and download if you want to, um, or inquire with our team if you want to upgrade your current version uh, to that version, or if you want to uh, look at it, um, exploring what uh, the power perspective is. Now, looking at one other industry that we're going to cover today, and that's the oil and gas. Explain a little bit about that, Mike. Again, it's to, to echo that all the other markets that we've looked at, a lot of the same concerns are there it's just how different it's you know it actually is going to be because with the oil and gas you know locations that we've got and we've got uh, several customers that have got you know 60 to 80 oil fields out there the need obviously is the security but when they a lot of the time they don't have people there actively work in those locations so you come across you know issues around power so we've got you know solar you know solutions to you know, run the uh, the cameras, but also the the uh, ruggedized MBR systems that we've got out there. So the ability to monitor activity, you know, for the equipment is is key without actually having people there. So similar needs. It's just a, a different way of handling the the security overview for these specific locations. And again, plays into a lot of what Michael and Keith have already said is, you know, it's the layering almost as to what are, what are they trying to achieve? What are they trying to protect? And then how do you play, let's say, certain analytics into what they're trying to achieve at the oil field is going to be, you know, most probably through another workflow. Workflow, again, is key for all of these industries. But for oil and gas, it's definitely, you know, more of a remote uh, feature. Yeah, and, and the cool uh, thing here is um, when you're talking about oil and gas, I, I, love, I love it when we talk about solar. Um, our sales engineers are 
are brilliant and they do a, a really good job of putting some of these solutions together. But I really love the solar solution because you're talking about a place that might not have much infrastructure. I mean, there might be um, some power to run a pump or to run some equipment on site, but you're talking about a place that might not have a building um, to uh, deploy equipment. You're talking about a place that might not have much power to run uh, cameras and um, and a, uh, a recording device or anything like that. But you're also talking about a place that might be out in the middle of nowhere. So um, our sales engineers have come with a up with a brilliant solution for oil and gas to enclose a small rugged DVR that's, that will work well in high heat and uh, draws very low power. They put a solar panel on a pole and they capture the solar energy uh, to a battery which then can power a limited number, a limited amount of equipment. Well, that small rugged DVR these days, you can put uh, connect all sorts of devices to it through inputs and outputs. Um, you could con uh, connect a gate to it to see when a gate might be open or closed um, based on a sensor that's connected. Um, so, and there's also a, a cellular modem that's built into these DVRs. So um, the uh, people that are monitoring uh, from could be hundreds of miles away can receive an alert to say, hey, this is not right. There's something wrong here. They can log into that DVR remotely to see what their video is telling them and see what's occurring, whether it's vandalism that's occurred or a gate left open or, or something like that. And you can really um, use a lot of power that Perspective provides for you with the solution that our engineers have come up with to make it easier. So now instead of somebody rolling from, uh, you know, potentially two hours away to go check on a scenario to see whether something did happen or not, you've got video on the ground and you'll be able to see what's going on before you determine whether or not you need to pay the overtime to get somebody to roll to a location in the middle of the night. So it's a great user scenario that I like that, um, that um, uh, our, our sales engineers help to uh, come up with for uh, some people in the oil and gas industry. And we've got uh, that solution deployed in hundreds of locations across the United States. Yeah, and to add to one little point to that too, you know, speaking of you know commercial, well, you have the the oil and gas company, but as as you know, and and Mike being in in Texas as well, you know, you've got a lot of these um, locations for these these drilling sites are on private property, right? In the and uh, there was an, an an example where if we didn't have interaction with that gate and knowing if a gate's open, this is on private land, and these some of these people have huge ranches with thousands of of cattle right and you know the the advantage to the uh the uh, the end user customer not the per property owner of the land but if they come in there to do something on work on that on that site and that gate's left open and this is this is a real experience of how why these other things were integrated the way they were all that cattle started leaving and now there's thousands of dollars walking off that property and who's responsible for that? The oil and gas company was responsible for that because they came there, they opened the gate, their guy drove through, didn't shut the gate behind him to go drive to the drilling site. And next thing you know, all of this, all of this precious, you know, you know, valued, you know, items for that uh, property owner are now lost. You know, they, they have to, to go try to uh, re recover them. So to, to Keith's point in that story he was talking about, that gate's open, 
then this, you know, with this solution, uh, tying in that gate sensor and different things, they immediately are alerted if that door is open, that gate's open and it's not immediately closed. They can radio then right back to the, the, you know, the employee who drove through there and is on their way to the site, the pad, and tell them to turn around and go back and close the gate. And, you know, saving them thousands and thousands of dollars in lawsuits and, and claims against the company. Uh, so that's so, so many great features. We probably could have a part two to talk about different vertical markets. We didn't cover everything, but people got to visit lensec.com to check it out. And also check out lensec.com slash live for all the different episodes we've had so far. And I appreciate everyone stopping by today to what's your perspective. Thanks, guys. Good to be Thank here. You. Thank you. Hey, you know, and uh, again, next week, we'll have another great episode leading up to uh, the holidays. But we just keep going. And uh, any questions, please follow us on all different social media platforms. And please, please share and like this video and share it to others. So I appreciate you guys stopping by. So thanks again. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Bye. Thanks for watching. What's your perspective, guys?